everybody. Welcome to Horror Movie Yearbook. I'm Tim. And I am Willie. Willie, we are going to celebrate here. It's our five-year anniversary show. Celebrate! Right? <laughs> On the day. On the day. <laughs> We're going to celebrate by singing, uh, that's Madonna, right? Yeah, yeah, good song. Um, it would be... It would be so nice. Used to great effect in The Wedding Singer. Really good. <laughs> I live in my sister's face. <laughs> and then, uh, come on. Alexis Arquette in the background just like, <laughs> God damn, that movie. I it's really my, love The Wedding Singer. It's my favorite Sailor movie. It is the best yeah. Sailor movie. It's, yeah. it's, got, it's, it's got an insanely good soundtrack. It's really funny. It's really sweet. It's the best melding of like Sandler, Sandler's best sensibilities, like the silliness and the sweetness. Yes. And I don't think he ever came Sometimes they it. go too far one way or the other. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I love Billy Madison, but even that can get sometimes almost too silly at times where I go, okay. Right. You like Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore more? I'm a Billy guy. Okay. I've, oh, I was more of a happy guy. Yeah. I, you can't go wrong. They're both amazing. That's yeah. What a one-two combo. Yeah. yeah. You So you're more of a wedding singer guy than a big daddy guy. Yeah, Big Daddy's very good as well. I like Big Daddy a lot. He really didn't start to miss for me until a little bit after Big Daddy. He even had a couple in there towards the like the beginning of the end, I guess I would say. Mr. Deeds was okay. Yeah. And uh, I actually think Fifty First Dates is kind of cool. Anger too. management has its moments. A lot moments, of times, yep. a lot of times, it's uh, John Turturro. He's so funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Turturro's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this has been the Adam Sandler podcast. <laughs> That's how we kick off our five-year anniversary. Man. That's how we. We didn't even talk up. about Hubie Halloween. Um, oh, <laughs> so this is our five-year anniversary. We're not going to do. We're not going to go crazy here because we just did a hundredth episode. I think earlier this year, like a hundredth mm-hmm. episode celebration. Yeah. We don't want to get too far. Self-congratulatory. <laughs> hey, we're excited. We made it. Hey, uh, we're talking about the entertainment industry. Which is nothing if not self-congratulatory. Right. And honestly, if you look back at the last five years, just in the world, we've, we're still alive. Which is something to be excited right? about. So we're going to celebrate a little bit here. Uh, a couple of pieces of feedback I want to get to real quick. Weapon X Squall uh, on Instagram said, happy five years and hopefully more to come. I said, yes, hopefully, yes. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Uh, yeah, unless something tragic happens to one or both of us, <laughs> yes. then I think we're, we're going to plan on continuing. So, yeah. The other thing I wanted to touch on too, because we had <laughs> was dark. we've had a few people reach out to us on uh, Twitter as well to ask, like, "Hey, you guys talk about Halloween Kills?" And ah, I jokingly yes. said, "Like, because I don't know if you've been keeping uh, tabs on the reaction online to this movie." It's divisive, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the vibe I've gotten. It's, I mean, I could be wrong. I have kind of ducked out of it a little bit lately too, but. Some of the, like lately, I've been trying to like tweet out thoughts on stuff that I've been watching, but then I look at the stuff that's going on Halloween kills wise, and it's people. The issue with social media is, I mean, there are a lot of issues, but one of them is nobody is actually having a conversation with each other, no. They're just talking past each other, yes. or screaming their opinion, or like subtweeting people. Like, <laughs> so nobody's having an actual conversation about Halloween kills. They're just saying why it sucked or why they loved it, and nobody is engaging anybody else, or they're coming up with straw men arguments. Yeah, uh, the problem with the problem that I've seen in, in terms of the reactions on either side of the fence, and I think liking it or not liking it is perfectly valid, right? Um, as with anything, really. Um, this has been a great example of the this is the best ever or this is the worst ever, and there can be no in between. It's a uh, someone compared the movie and like the actual plot of the movie to the Last Jedi, the Star Wars movie, and I think the reaction online is very similar to that just in the horror realm because it's been yeah because all of a sudden you dig your heels in on what side you're on and it's crazy out there yeah and it's weird because like horror fans are pretty chill 
Yeah. But they seem pretty riled up about this movie. This one. I think it's, yeah. Yeah. I think, and we'll talk a little bit more about it, but I think it's a lot of what happens with the original cast in some ways. I think sure, yeah. It's how they're utilized, I guess. Yeah, that's part of it. And I don't think it's exactly what people were expecting and that is partially maybe our fault as viewers and but it is also the fault of of Blumhouse marketing uh, of, of everybody involved in this movie just talking ad nauseum about what the movie means and what it's supposed to be before it comes out and stop doing that just say like I want to dig when we dig into this movie because the reason I brought it is because we want to do an episode on it I think we should. Uh, I think yeah. I want to do it next episode yeah. if you're cool with it because I, I, I really want to dig into it. I want to dig into some of the reaction. I also want to dig into, yeah, like what you talked about with the marketing because you're right, Blumhouse, the production company behind it, has kind of presented, presented this one and the last one. I think a lot of the reaction to this one can be traced back to how they presented the last one because yeah. they really sold it in some ways. And when I went back and watched it, if you recall correctly, I think we're kind of still in it, but the elevated horror boom. Yeah, well, they did that. They did, they did. They marked it like that, and they did this whole, like, uh, and I think in some respects, 2018 succeeds, but I don't think it succeeds. I think it, I don't think it succeeds more than it does in regard to fulfilling the promise that they made of this. We're bringing it back to basics. This is a true sequel to Halloween. They kind of poo-pooed every other Halloween movie, which is kind of a shitty thing to do. Like, it was kind of like, this is the real sequel. Right. Everything else sucked anyway. You don't want to watch that garbage. I disagree. I think there's plenty of good stuff in the Halloween franchise. Um, But they kind of did that a little bit. And I, I remember feeling kind of icky about it before I saw 2018. I was like, I don't, why do you got to do this? Yeah. And... It was, oh, this is going to be grounded and back to basics and Michael Myers is scary again and he's not, you know, Laurie's brother and and uh, he's just the, the boogeyman again and he's, 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 his acts of violence are random. He's not a supernatural force. He's just a man who yada, yada, yada. And like they were teetering heavily on the edge of actual of like that being the case by the end of Halloween 2018. I mean, I was really suspending some disbelief to think that this took place in the same universe as... Halloween, the original. Yeah. Without the, without the in-between like chapters to build up to that level of crazy. And then this one is a sequel to that movie, and this one is through, throws all of that out. Yeah. I mean, there's no... And we'll talk about it, but I mean, this takes that, that mission statement and throws it in a wood chipper. I, I think know. we've got a lot to talk about with this yeah. movie. Um, so we will talk about it. We will, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I want to watch it again, too, because it's on Peacock, and I'm going to watch it again. Right. Um, I'll say I liked it a lot, and I don't know what your general thoughts are on it and coming out of it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> was, that, was that a hint? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, I, I, I did like it, yes. Yeah, I, I fall in love, but I want to watch it again to see how much I I did like it or, and what I did because there I can I'm not saying there are no flaws in this movie but I glossed over a lot of them because of the stuff I liked so much yes I will say I liked it in a in a, in a certain way okay how about that? yeah I didn't like it like I like Halloween 1978 I liked it in a different way I liked it like I like Friday the 13th part 6 that's uh, okay I, I like that comparison right? and I'm I'm with you. So, but I want to I want to watch it again and I want to think about it again yeah. before yeah. we really dive into it because I think that's okay too. It's okay to just not rush to uh, yeah. social media to scream out your opinion like a maniac and then start insulting other people. 
<laughs> but so it's also weird. okay. It's also okay to do that uh, because I find that's really fun for me to read. Yeah, it is <laughs> kind of funny. You maniacs yelling at each other, yeah. and it's also nice to have like a good solid because we hear about them a lot back in the day. Like we heard about Halloween three, and we could only read about them. We weren't there like at the time. Can you imagine if if the internet was around when Halloween three was out? It'd be a madhouse. It, it would, would be insane. Well, how would you market that movie now? I don't know. You would have to right away say we're going to take the anthology approach. Because isn't that kind of the issue with three is like they've tricked people into it. Going kind to- of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway. So, yeah, just to answer that question, yeah, we will be talking about And I forgot to respond to Steve, too, but he wants to us to, he says, like, one of his favorite things while listening to film podcasts is learning about, like, what ifs. Like, what if this actor played yep. this? Yep. Um, like, in Fight Club, Janine Garofalo, I believe, was originally um, supposed to play the Helena Bonham Carter. Really? Role, which, Weird. Yeah. Um, so and the studio apparently wanted Sarah Michelle Geller, Geller. so they heard Helen Helen about Carter, who was terrific in Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he really loves, and I know we have some. And you are really good at knowing the what ifs, like and like yeah. different casting. So I really want to dive into some of that because that's a great idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love I love stuff like that. And honestly, we can talk a little bit about that with Halloween Kills with a certain character, like what if? Oh actor, God! Yeah. <laughs> I would watch that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also check out the Midwest Game Nerds. I forgot what they are doing here. Oh, Don, Metroid Dread. They talked a little bit of Metroid uh, Dread on yes. the Game Nerds. So check that out. I'm, looking, I'm playing Skyward Sword. I'm finishing that up because then I'm going to finally get those last two Resident Evils in and done. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. so you got six and seven left, right? I'm skipping six. What I bet was I'm Please doing seven do. and eight. Please do. <laughs> uh, it's, six is not good. Um, I, I will say real quick. Before and I want to you... play Dread. I want to play Metroid Dread as well. Yeah, I know. I Yeah. Um, before we move on, I do want to mention, check out, if you have not seen, uh, the series on Netflix, the movies that made us, there's a new season, um, that just came out and it's predominantly horror films. So it's well worth a look. And honestly, I was actually kind of weirdly bummed about these being the choices for season three of this show, because I feel like I've, I've ingested so much stuff about Halloween and Friday the 13th especially but also Aliens those are three of the movies um, that I was kind of like alright I'm going to hear the same stories and you do hear a couple of those things if you follow you know if you've ever watched behind the scenes stuff on those movies or read about it mm-hmm. you do hear some of the same stories again but they have they, there were some things that I did not know about all of those movies and I went really kind of blew my mind and they have really cool viewpoints from people that aren't normally interviewed cool which is very cool. Like they interview like, they don't just interview like um, uh, Sean Cunningham for Friday the Thirteenth. They interview like the random guy who was like, like the key grip on set, and he's got some stories. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's fun. It's cool. I'm looking forward to my wife really likes that show as well. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to because this is one of the things I'm looking forward to watching that with. with these stories with her because I think yeah. these episodes with her because I think she'll really enjoy it and I'll get to watch her like let's see yes watch what what part of the reason why I like to learn so much about these horror movies absolutely they do interview Paul Reiser though just so you know for aliens okay so all is well okay cut <laughs> perfect all right so I want to give a special thank you to the founder the host mm. the co-host of the Midwest Game Nerds one Mr. Alex Morrell 
We call him the founder because he founded the Midwest Podcast Network, which we are a part of, a proud part of. And he sent over some statistics here from the last five years of horror movie yearbook. The first five years, I should say, of horror movie yearbook. So I'm going to go through them and I'm going to maybe quiz you a little bit. Oh, man. So we talk about content a lot. Content is king these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's, let's take a look at some of our content because oh, there's a lot of it. Over the last five years, we've had 183 releases. Oh, so my God. Episodes. So this is counting 116 main episodes. Wow. Um, 23 bonus episodes. 21 Tiny Terrors. So I, oh. Tiny Terrors bonus, kind of the same wow. deal. So for... Uh, it's uh, yeah, 44. Five honor roll episodes, which just started coming out. And then I was doing a thing for a little bit called Horror Hotlines, where I was doing kind of like a, a daily thing on like YouTube yeah. and stuff. Yep. 17 of those. So the total duration there, 197.6 hours of content. Amazing. Out. Wow. Now, can you name our longest episode? Oh, no. Oh, no. And I'll give you a hint here. It's not a movie. It's not a movie. Yeah. Oh my. Um It was you want another hint? Yeah, sure. It was part of a series we did. Oh, is it uh The Living Dead? Yep. The Living yeah. Dead the uh the novel. The book. Yeah. Yes. The, uh that was a fun episode though, yeah. But it was long. Yeah. It was our only episode over two hours, which kinda surprised me because we've gone Really? Yeah. We've gone it always long. feels like we go long. <laughs> we go longer than we intend, yeah. maybe, but not like You and I both yeah. like to keep it kinda quick. You know the shortest episode we've ever done? Um Shortest. Yeah, this um, this surprised me because I like the movie quite a bit, but there isn't much to talk about now that I think about it. It stars an actress from Buffy. Oh, um Actress from Buffy. She has been in multiple Joss Whedon shows. Okay. She was. So it's it's uh, Eliza Dushku. Yes. It's what did a, we watch that was she was in? It's the we first never reviewed movie Lost in, Souls. It's the first movie in a. Oh, I wish it was wrong turn. Yep, forty four minutes. Oh my one. god! Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> we were in so, and out, man. I wonder if we. I wonder if that cut short. <laughs> what was going on there? <laughs> Yeah. Maybe we had to, yeah, pull the wham, plug bam. or something on it. I don't know. Wham, bam. Huh. All right, so we've done 15 brackets, and I'll just list these off real quick. Yeah. Carpenter bracket, Stephen King, yeah. zombie bracket, teen horror, Blumhouse, alien versus predator versus Terminator. Mm-hmm. We did that very fun 80 soundtracks bracket that I don't know if we'll ever do something like that again because it was a pain in the ass to edit. <laughs> I bet. Because we played the songs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we fr- didn't get sued yet, so that's yes. cool. <laughs> uh, the Friday the 13th bracket, Nightmare on Elm Street bracket, vampire bracket. 21, 21 most anticipated bracket, the worst of the cursed bracket, which was like the worst of the movie franchises, um, the black sheep mini bracket, and the Raimi bracket. We have My done word. We have done three commentaries. Can you name them? I'm gonna see if. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, we did uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. There's one. And it was me, you, and Alex Morell. Correct. We did. Sleepaway Camp. Correct. And it was me and you and Gojo. Yes, because it was Gojo's first time seeing it. Yes. And we did... What's the third one? Dead Alive. We did with Zach. Oh, my. That was early on, if I remember. Was that our... That would have been our second commentary, I think. Oh, my God. We did. 
we should i think part of the issue we ran into doing with doing more of those is because we recorded them at someone else's house and then covid hit and we kind of fell out of that and then of course yeah, yeah yes i think with uh, with kids and stuff too it's been kind of tough but we don't have the setup that here in our or i guess the home base mm-hmm. um that the founder has and so with the covid stuff we could probably do it now i think i feel comfortable doing one now at right. this point um we might have to do that again soon. I just don't know what we're going to do. We've only done two Fight the Franchises, and these were early on. Remember, we used to do something called Fight the Franchise on a show where Nikki would join It us. was kind of the genesis of horror movie year, like in some ways. We did a lot of them, yeah, on, on Midwest Film Nerds. Yes. yes. And that's where we did like the Friday the 13th. Then we kind of mixed it in with brackets because you and I said we would never do another Fight the Franchise without Nikki. So then she hasn't been on as frequent before, but can you name the two fright fight the franchises with Nikki that we did? And it's two very odd franchises. I know one of them is De- Puppet Master and Demonic Toys. It, yeah, just Demonic Toys, I think. Okay. Yeah, just Demonic Toys. Yeah. The other one. God, what else do we do? I don't know. What was the other one? It was Phantasm. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it was around We the did time. that without Nikki, though, I think. Did we do that without Nikki? I don't Nikki? think Nikki did that one. Oh, then I take it back what I said. Was I don't think back. she did. I, don't I thought so. she did. This was around the time Ravager came out, too. Maybe we did. Yeah, I can't remember. God, it's been so long. We'll have to bring that back, too. I think we could do that again. We have made three mics work here before. Yeah, I'm gonna. I just have to recall how to do that. We can we can do that again. We can make that happen. Again. I think part of the reason we yeah, we haven't done it in a while too is because Josie was still a little younger and we had, yeah we had, yes. But yeah. I think I we think might be able to make that. That might be able to come back here. I, I think. would yeah. I would be. I would love to bring that back. I, that's one of my favorite. And that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. In in terms of podcasting that we've ever we've ever done is fight the franchise. Just yes. it's so much fun. Yes. Uh, it might not be the easiest to listen to sometimes because we've been drinking most of the time, but. <laughs> But it is a ton of fun to do, and and I've my understanding is people enjoy listening to it. So, um, so the time machine statistics here, Alex has got. We've covered from 1954 to the present. So the furthest we've gone back is 194, which I believe is probably the original Godzilla. 54 was Godzilla, yeah. Yes. Uh, the most re- frequent year is 2011. We've done five episodes on 2011. My word. I almost wonder if maybe we're drawn to it because that's when you and I kind of started to hang yeah, out a little yeah, more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense, actually. We have left apparently 47 years unvisited. A lot of those were in the 50s and 60s because we, you and I tend to stick to the 70s, and we talked about that in the first episodes. We're, we tick to, stick to the 70s. And- you and I are mostly 80s, 90s guys. With some dabbling of 70s for sure, mid to late 70s. Yeah. A little bit of that peppered in. Yes. That's what you and I, kind of our sweet spot. Yes. And I think a lot of it too is we, I think we joke, I listened to, did you happen to listen to the first, I, re, I put it out again. I did not yet. No. no okay. No, no. I listened to it. I haven't listened to it since recording it. And then in the first episode we say, we basically say, yeah, we're going to go from the 70s and onwards because we want people to listen to this show. <laughs> I'll be honest, that, that is, that it, that's part of it too. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's. I love talking. And 30s horror movies, like old Universal horror movies, but I, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, and and it's it not something that we won't do, yeah, ever. It's just it, we tend to gravitate towards, and we've, I think you and I finally have our favorite conversations about stuff horror movies when it's movies from those those periods, I guess. Yeah, here are the years. Well, 50s and 60s. We have never we've never visited 55 through 67. The 50s also are a weird time in horror where it's a lot more science fiction horror, and it doesn't. Horror doesn't start to kick back in until like the 60s. There's the Hammer stuff in the 60s as well. 
But yeah, which you're watching a lot of. Yes, so 69. But also, there are, so the years we haven't visited in the 70s are 70, 72, and 73. We have never visited 1983. What? We've never visited 1993. And we've never visited 04 and 06. So I think we need to... We maybe, need to make a point to go to those we years. Need to, we need to make a point to go to those years because I think we kind of lost track of them. Uh, yeah, over time, we for sure have. So we need to make a point. We to- kind of went to eighty three, okay, because Sleepaway Camp was eighty three, okay. Not on a standard episode though, so yep. I would say we don't, we wouldn't count that. We have covered one hundred and fifty six movies from one hundred and fifteen directors, twenty eight sequels, four remakes. Um, the Thing, Evil Dead 2013, Assault, and The Blob. Okay. 37 adaptations, nine from Stephen King and three from Clive Barker. Oh. Five movies have been discussed on the main episode twice. Okay. I see, because a lot of them, when we were doing back in the day, we would do two or three movies at a time, and we would call them the class of. Hmm. And we've expanded some of those into, yeah. I'll just run through. Can you guess these? No, no. Okay. No, yeah. I, I can't. Um, There's probably a Romero in there. There are three Romeros in there, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we sandwiched Night, Dawn, and Day, I think. Land, yep. Okay. Because we threw that in the class of 2005 and yeah. the Romero tribute. The other ones were Scream and The Blob. The Okay. Blob. Well, yeah, because we did Summer of Scream, so we kind of decided to expand out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now, directors. Can you name... There are two directors that we have talked about seven of their movies. Can you name them? Two that we talked about seven. Uh, Carpenter's one of them. He's just below it at six. So really? this is, My I guess word. this is, um, okay. this is, I'm trying to figure out how Ellis Talked did about this. seven of their movies. Main episodes only. I'm just trying to figure out how he did this because he must be, he must obviously be taking out the bracket side of things when we talk about their entire filmography. Yeah, he's got to. Okay, so Romero then. Romero's because one. Because we've done, we've done Night, Dawn, Day, and Land. That's four. We've also done Martin. We've done Creep Show, I think, at some point, mm-hmm. and we've done um, we've done the crazy no uh, Monkey Shines, Monkey Shines, yep. So that makes sense. Okay, that's one. Two would be this is another one of the big ones. He's a, Craven, Craven, and I think what Alex has done here is he's taken the probably the four screams. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. Nightmare is my so we've guess. done yeah, 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 because we've done Nightmare. I think we did Shocker. Four screams. Well. We've done Shocker. And we've done, I think, people under the stairs. So, yep, seven. Yeah, okay. We have not done. There's a couple Craven movies we got to hit, but anyway, yeah, so. okay, cool. And we did the night. We did the nightmare movies um, in the bracket. Yes. So um, we've also talked about so six Carpenter, five Toby Hooper, um, four Don Coscarelli's. So I think all the Phantasms probably there. We should talk about uh yeah Bubba Hotep. We should talk about Bubba Hotep. Uh, Paul W S Anderson. We've done three. Now, some fun ones at two, because this is uh, Andy Muschietti, two Clive Barker, two Dario Gentos, two Wam Collette Saras, two M. Knights, two Michael Doherty's, two Neil Marshall, Marshalls, two Robert uh, Foist, who yeah. did the uh, uh, Dr. Fibes, and yep. who I believe also did the Devil's Reign, is the other yes. one I talked about. Uh, two, two Robert Rodriguez, two Rihoy Kitamoras, two Raimi's, and then the Raimi bracket, and then two Tony Malums. Tony Malum did Hell the yeah, the burning, burning baby. And, and split second. <laughs> split second. I know my Malum. <laughs> you like how I shot that shit out right away? That cracked me up. I should have asked you the two of that, but I couldn't remember his other one. Um, Tony Malum. Oh, and he kind of broke it down. So we've talked Can about we get three- Malum on the show. Is he still around? <laughs> I'm going to look him up. 
Man, that was fun. All right, so we've had a total of 31,000 um, 31, downloads. Okay. Oh, I'm looking at these downloads. I'm pretty happy with it. This reminds me too. Okay, so the download thing, um, I knew this was going to happen. So I've been uploading the... Um, I've been uploading a lot of clips to YouTube, just audio clips, and it's mm-hmm. mostly the main episode discussions, and then like my um, the the honor roll stuff. I'll take out a couple of reviews and I'll put them up there. And a lot of times, it only get like a handful of views on YouTube, and it'll just be audio. But I'm it takes like five minutes, and I'm cool with it because someone might discover our show that way. But I knew as soon as I threw that Undertaker saves the Undertaker one, it was going to be our most popular episode it's been up there for a week now it's like almost in triple digits <laughs> like it's so far and away our most popular episode it cracks me up current man yep. yeah yeah we should we should just put be putting out squid game episodes yes well then also i knew rest like wrestling fans who were just typing in the undertaker on youtube are gonna come across oh, it yeah. and see it and they're gonna click on it and maybe but you know what it's a good episode. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, we had fun with that. That, that was, was a good, good. one. Uh, do, you, do you have a worst, uh, like a favorite episode or a worst episode real quick? Oh, man. Um, the reason I bring this up because it just popped in my head. I think I think you might agree with you. Our worst episode was a few months back and we both said it after the Which episode. one was it? Which one? Firestarter. It was not good. We both looked at each other and like. Damn it, that we went, was not good. <laughs> We've only done that, to, like, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you guys will have your own opinions and hopefully if you're listening to this, you enjoy it. Uh, for the most part, but uh, it's I can only think of two or three times that you and I, with horror movie yearbook, we've looked at each other and gone, eh, yep, eh. yeah. Firestarter was not good. Mm-hmm. What was it about that? We just did not. It, a lot of the times, you and I will be off, like, but on different times, we were both off that night. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, my favorite stuff was our Romero retrospective series. Okay. Because I think we did a great job. Um, of, in my opinion, of talking about movies that have been done to death a lot of the time, especially Night and Dawn. I think we, we did, did a good job of bringing our own personal stories into those. And I think it was, it was kind of a nice, like, cathartic kind of, I don't know. It felt nice. It felt good. Yeah. It felt good to say goodbye to George through the, through the podcast. It was cool. It was different. Yeah. So, and we got a nice little message. What about you? Oh, best episode? Yeah. I love our Video Star one, our Video Star trivia episode. Oh, yeah, I like a lot yeah, of those, yeah. We talked about the Scream ones, and I like a lot of those trivia ones, and I like a lot of those early episodes. I like a lot of our episodes, but that Video Star tribute one, I think, was kind of special to me. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Man, how did I forget about that? I, think I didn't forget about it, but I, man, yeah, that was great. That's one of my favorite ones, and if anybody ever, like, if I were ever show, saying, like, showing an episode or yeah, telling yeah. someone to listen to this one to get them hooked on the podcast, that's the one Start I Start there. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. Alex says, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for creating Horror Movie Yearbook. I've probably seen under 10% of the movies you've covered, <laughs> but I've listened to every episode. It's always lovely to hear you talk passionate about horror movies, from the schlockiest of the schlock to the transcendent classics. You've got almost 200 hours of recorded material, but that doesn't even begin to cover the time you've spent watching movies in preparation as well as the time spent editing the podcast. I just want to say that's all Tim's time. I, yeah. <laughs> but this stuff isn't this stuff. Honestly, is like because uh, I, I think about that too. The, like the amount of time and like this is not work for me. This is fun for me. Yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah even yeah. the editing stuff. It's just it's fun for me. Well, yeah, I mean, the, you know, uh, uh, you know, eventually, if you if you have a kid, I'm not going to be able to use the excuse of like, well, I have a kid, so you can do the social media <laughs> and the editing and the yeah. uploading and the because yeah, that's not going to be fair. <laughs> but yeah. I wanted to start working. <laughs> 
I am forever grateful for the hard work and love you poured into this show. To your listeners, thanks for showing up for every episode. This show would not exist without your support and listenership. Everyone who has sent in a bracket, email, tweet, Instagram, tag, or DM, you fill my heart with joy whenever you act with interact with William Tim. It's so important to know you're out there listening. You're the reason the show goes on. Thanks again to Willie Tim and the listeners. Congratulations on five years of horror movie yearbook. Here's to five more. That was excellent, Alex. Excellent. Thank you, Alex. That was very nice. The and founder. I want to echo his thoughts there, too. Thank you, um, to anybody oh yeah yeah whether it's been from the start or whether it's been uh whether you just discovered us or whatever yeah we've got really honest honestly like and i and i you know i really mean it like our listeners are are great uh i've never had um an experience i didn't enjoy uh interacting with with our listeners and stuff it just it's so cool i mean yeah i i would you know who you are yep we've got gifts you know yeah. who's sending you you know who sent gifts yes i know you're listening i think you're listening i hope you're listening you sent gifts and you rule and we appreciate you not because you sent gifts but it just meant a lot yes you know uh that 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 kind of thing and just hearing from you guys like just ideas from for episodes or just your own brackets that you filled out and things like it's just cool i just like that hopefully like for the 45 minutes if you're listening to um the wrong turn episode to <laughs> to the two hours if you're listening to what was the longest again uh the living dead yeah the living dead i episode. feel like something happened in that wrong episode wrong turn episode where we could it had to I, have. Go back and I have to so much now. more than 45 minutes to listen to talk about wrong turn like i have so much material anyway um but yeah no matter uh, hopefully you're what however long you're listening to us and maybe it makes your day a little bit brighter and uh, I know that hearing from you guys makes our day brighter, and 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 uh, you know it keeps us going, keeps me happy with with the with the show, and and reminds us. I think we, not that we need reminders. We enjoy doing right. this together anyway. But it, I don't know. It just it it's um it inspires us to I don't know keep making stuff, keep making stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So. And uh, real quick, I do want to because uh, I I'm too awkward to do it to his face i want to give a quick thank you to alex because alex kind of and and you and nick and yeah alex is also we call him the founder for a reason yeah part yeah. of it is because he's he's kind of helped keep this thing going and help keeping it afloat and kind of help and started the whole thing and i want to say like a lot of like it a lot of the last 10 years has been like incredibly fulfilling for me personally. yeah and as and far as creating stuff and kind of getting it out there and just ah. it's been very important to me so i wanted to say thank you to alex real quick uh over over microphone because like <laughs> no I couldn't agree more with you I I I remember and thank vividly you, to you too Willie oh thanks man uh, you don't have to thank me it's all good um, <laughs> that was just a, that was just a suit like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know you appreciate me um I remember vividly that the 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 first conversation that started the the that started the podcast and I remember it was in the vid- it was in family video. So go back and listen to more family video stories on the uh, on the video store tribute episode. Um, but uh, I, 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 I was closing the store. I think it was, okay, either I was closing the store, and Alex might remember this better, either I was closing the store and Alex was sitting in one of those little family video director's chairs while I was closing up, just keeping me company, or it was vice versa, and I don't remember. One of us was supposed to be out of there at like 11 and just hung around to like... yeah hang out and just mm-hmm. shoot the shit because why not what else we're we gonna do yeah and uh we just started talking like man i've always wanted to do a podcast me too that'd be really cool let's do that and that was it that was it yeah yeah 
And here we are. <laughs> that was 20, 2012. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, next year will be 10 years of, the of Midwest Film Nerd. Or, yeah. uh, uh, I guess Midwest Podcast Nerds. Network. Yeah. And then the Podcast Network kind of came after, right? Kind of came after. Yeah. Film Nerds was first. Yep. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, anyway, okay. Enough of that. Let's it's like the Oscars in here. <laughs> Self-congratulatory. That was fun. I liked it. That was great stuff yeah, by Alex. Nice. Let's hop in the time machine. Let's do it. Time machine noise. <laughs> I, I'm blanking for the first time. So on the first episode, I listened to it again, too. We're, we're just going to full on jerk ourselves off here. Yeah, but, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> but the first episode, I listened back to it. We don't have a time machine noise. It's really funny. We also were doing bits during it, too, that we have completely forgot. But we don't have a time oh, machine bits? Um, So there was a thing we used to do. Anyway, I'll do the time machine story real quick first. But you go, we need a... He goes, we, you need, we need something like Wayne's World. And you go, do-do-do-do. And I think that was the genesis of the time oh, machine noise. Oh, yeah. Then there was, uh, there we were doing stuff, and I think we only did it for three episodes. It cracked me up, and I did a little introduction for the, the episode, but it cracked me up. Um, we used to grade the year at the end of the episode. We used to like give it a letter grade. We were doing that. We That's do, right. I swear, we only did this for like five or six episodes, and then we, we dropped it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny we used to do a movie and then a bit and then a movie again and then a bit these episodes those early episodes are loaded with content loaded yeah but we never got to expand upon some of those movies which i think is why we we dip we double dipped we've gone back to some of those the better movies of those years right and like expanded and done a full episode on and that's them. why we've, do, we've done a couple movies a couple times yeah right for sure all that sort um, of stuff yeah, those were those were interesting days, man. Those were fun. It was a lot. We were doing a lot on one episode. A lot of like you say, a lot of content. Um, we we either got smart or we got lazy or maybe a little bit of both. And right. We found a way to kind of streamline. Um, yeah, man, those those early ones were a beast. Let's see. I'm gonna run through the uh, October. I think this is the October. Oh no, that's 2016. I'm I'm trying to find the week real quick because I want to see. So we're back. The reason we went back to 2016, and thank you to Tom, one of our great listeners who's been with us since the beginning. Yes. Um, he wanted us to go back to this year, to 2016, because when the movie started, and revisit a movie from this time frame. Excellent idea. Yes, excellent idea. So I am going to try to find real quick so we can get another like a idea of where we stood. Um I was trying to find the box office real quick, mm. and I am unable to find it. So, domestic box office. It's funny. I um, uh, while you're looking that up, I should mention I, I just another quick little family video anecdote. Uh, my copy of uh, Shin Godzilla is a family video copy, and I know this because it is a crummy, like printed cover, like family video printed cover, not like the legit. Like they took the the DVD copy yeah. that came with the Blu-ray combo and threw it in its own case and rented that. <laughs> Love it. So good. All right. So when we started the podcast five yeah. years ago, here were here was the top 10 of the box office. Okay. Uh, number 10 was The Birth of the Nation. Number nine was Sully. Um, the number, Tom Hanks? Yes. Yeah. Number eight was Middle School, The Worst Years of My Life. Don't know that. Number seven was The Magnificent Seven remake. Oh, funny. It came that was a right movie. Yeah. Well, I yeah, kind of like that movie. Sweet. Uh, number six was Storks which I think was like an animated movie. Number five, Deepwater Horizon, which is a Peter Berg kind of disaster. Oh, flick yeah. With, I based think, on a true story. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. loves those. Uh, yeah. It's a, yeah. Um, number four, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. That's a cool movie. Is it? Yeah, yeah. That's the Tim Burton one. 
Okay. Um, with uh, Eva Green. Cool ah, movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, number three, Kevin Hart, What Now, which I believe is a stand-up yeah. special. Number two is The Girl on the Train. And number one, the number one movie in America. The Girl on the Train is not a good movie. <laughs> is that Fincher? No. Okay. The uh, Girl on the Train is with Emily Blunt, I believe. Oh, I'm getting Gone Girl is what Gone I'm Gone Girl. Yeah. yeah, right. Also, yeah. The number one movie in America starring Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick. Uh, fans of AEW Dynamite will know it because it is on pretty much every week before AEW Dynamite. <gasps> The the accountant, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of a fun action movie. Now we're talking with yes. John Bernthal, yes, and uh, John Lithgow, right? Yep, man, yeah. what a cast. Yeah, so if you have a uh, TNT, tune in every Wednesday night around six o'clock for the, the accountant. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about oh Shin Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, so or Godzilla Resurgence. Is that the American title? Yes. Okay, I've always heard it referred to as Shin Godzilla. I have always referred to it as that, but I. But my understanding is when it came out in the states, uh, it was called Re- Godzilla Resurgence. Okay, so I, yeah. yeah, this movie actually came out earlier over in Japan, and mm. then it had a limited release in the states on October, I believe, fourteenth. It would have been around the time that mm-hmm. we started. That's why we picked it. It just says Japan is plunged into chaos by the appearance of a giant monster. Uh, that sums it up. Directed by Hideki Anno, Shinji Higuchi. Written by Hideki Anno, Sean Whiteley, the English version, whatever that means. Uh, starring Hiroki Hasegawa, Yutara Takinochi, and Satomi Ishihira. Ishihara. Sorry. No, that wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, that's it. Willie, you have seen this before. I watched this on a plane. Yeah, which is so the- weird. Can we get some context, please? Please. Were you on your way to Tokyo? I believe this would have been. I'm thinking back here. So this would have been 2016. This is this would have been my wife and I were dating, mm-hmm. and I believe this would have been our trip to London. It was our first kind of big international trip together. You guys had started dating the year before, yes. 2015 is when we started right. dating. Yep. Yeah. So we had started dating the year before. We had been dating them for a little bit. So we decided to take a trip to London. And London is like an eight or nine hour flight, if I recall correctly. Okay. So I was like, I was kind of excited for it because that meant I could I could fit in like three or four movies. And I was yeah. catching up on stuff that Why I not? missed. And Shin Godzilla was on there. I'm like, oh, this is a new Godzilla movie. I've never heard of it. So I watched it on the flight. It was, and yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. It held up well. Well, you have seen this before. Your thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big Godzilla fan. I uh, I saw this when it came out, um, on Blu-ray and st- you know uh, home video. Um, I did not see it in theaters. I don't even know that they were showing it anywhere near us that I can remember. I'm not. Maybe they were. I didn't see it in theaters. Um, and I remember this was it was a weird release because it was like two years previous. We had the first legendary American Godzilla movie. Right. And then all like a couple years later, the first Japanese Godzilla movie in a long time since Final Wars, which was like the mid 2000s, I think. Um and it felt like a weird like okay, so when they <laughs> when uh the U.S. took its first stab at making a, an original Godzilla film. It was the Matthew Broderick, uh, Roland Emmerich joint, and uh, did not was not received great. Um, and Godzilla 2000 was kind of the Japanese response of like, 
oh my god they're gonna kill our character right like we gotta fix this um and i felt like resurgence was japan trying to do that with 2014 and i'm like i think 2014 was pretty well received for the most part i mean Mm -hmm. it was it did well uh certainly well enough to make a couple sequels out of you know do a couple sequels and stuff like that if not critically. So I remember thinking like, this is kind of weird. Why all of a sudden are they doing this? Why do they got to compete with themselves ish? And then I saw, I watched it and I was like, okay, this is a whole different beast. Yeah. This is not, not only is this not trying to do what the American Godzilla movie did, the 2014 one did. It's, um, it's not trying to do anything that any Godzilla movie has ever done with the exception of maybe 54. The original, right? So uh, I was pretty excited by it. It was it was not. I didn't know what to expect from it. It was not what I expected, and I really dug it. And I dug this incarnation of Godzilla, and I almost wish we could see more of it. And it's too bad that that hasn't happened. I don't think it. I think the ship has sailed at this point. Okay, I was yeah. I was. We'll, we'll so, talk a little bit because I've got some questions to ask. Because you're more of the Godzilla. I might have answers. I don't know. It's hard to say, but I, I will try. Certainly, you know. I, yeah. So I, I we've talked. To, what was the uh, Godzilla movie we did on here in the past? Was it Godzilla versus? Uh, we did uh, destroy all monsters. We did destroy all monsters. We did the original, and then we've done what was the last one? Godzilla versus Destroya. Destroy. Yep. Yes. So, and I think I've talked about a little bit on those this. Is episodes. our fourth Godzilla movie? That's fun. I am. Um, I'm not a big Godzilla guy. It's kind of like how you are with maybe with Bond. Yes. I've seen them. I like some of them. Some of them I'm not as crazy yep. about. A lot of them blend together for me. Yep. That's Bond <laughs> for me, man. So it's similar in that in that way. I... Yeah, I expect... A, so that's the thing is I kind of expect a certain thing from the Godzilla movies that I watch. Yeah. And um, the last one we watched, Godzilla vs. Destroyers... I think more of what I expect from a Godzilla movie. It's it's the WWE match, right? Yes. It's it's the it's the pro wrestling thing. So it's 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 here's Godzilla, look at him stomp around and kick buildings and stuff. What a big dummy. Oh, here's a bigger, meaner monster. Now Godzilla's gonna fight him. And had, then he's gonna beat him. I had never seen the original and we watched both the American and the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. And they are they're different they're very different, the original ones. Um, yeah. but I had never seen them until I think I took a college course on um either horror or whatever, but I'd only known Godzilla through just like random cable viewings of those kind of seventies and eighties. You're thinking, yeah, exactly. You, you saw the majority of the ones that were screened on TV as did I, which were Godzilla was kind of a superhero, right? Those kind of Saturday afternoon or late Friday nights type drive-in type movies. And I, um, it, that that fifty four movie is like a shock to the system in a lot of ways because it's very bleak. It's a horror film. Yes, it's a horror yeah. film. Godzilla is scary. He's yes, not fight. He is the bad guy, or yes. a bad bad monster. Uh, yeah, well, I think we don't Godzilla. We have not decided on the sex of Godzilla, have we? It's an yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I we will don't just know. refer to it as Godzilla. Right. But um, yeah. So this and this is kind of similar, and it's kind of so. I watched this again. We talked a little bit about our first experience. Watch it again this time, and it's weird. I liked it a little less this time. Okay. And I think what it is is now I have a certain expectation still, and it's like, it's kind of like when they throw out that rumor of like um, Christopher Nolan doing a Bond movie, mm. and I can see why people would be excited for that. But then there's me who goes, he's too much of a like an auteur to do a Bond movie for me. I like my Bond movies to follow a very specific. Just a pinch of. <laughs> I don't like when someone with like too much of. <laughs> 
of a trademark style. Who directed the new one? Kerry Fukunaga? Yes. So okay. I'm interested to see that because I almost I kind of like my Bond movies to be I like all, I all, like all Martin Campbell Bond movies where he's very workmanlike, much yeah. like Mr. Bond himself. Yeah, um, he's very workmanlike, and I, he's not a bad director by any means, but he's not overpowering. Like I would not want to watch a Sam Raimi Bond movie. No, no, um, absolutely not. Absolutely, I'd watch a Sam Raimi Godzilla movie though. <laughs> so this movie, just saying, this movie is. Really, it's kind of like a shock to the system when you watch it, and it's really different in some ways. It's got a different kind of like it's almost got like a jazzy feel at times uh, with some of the music, and the music, the score is awesome. It's really great, yeah. But it also has this weird, confused kind of message that I think we'll talk about as we go into it. That I don't. It's it's fun at the beginning, and it plays as kind of a Coen Brothers esque like political dark comedy yeah. at time kind of yeah. like bumbling it's like burn after reading but with Godzilla <laughs> for a little bit but I don't know how well it holds up like the second time because it goes on forever that first that first um 20 or 30 minutes <laughs> it's this weird ending where it's just like the it, it proposes a solution to the problem and the solution is well you just need a better government <laughs> just like thanks for that guys <laughs> thanks Sorkin <laughs> yes thanks way to dig in deep for that answer so it's got this weird message to me that's kind of muddled but that's kind of what I picked up this, this time but there's a lot to like about it and we'll talk about that as well so Willie what did yeah. you think this time around just general thoughts before we deep dive into the plot yeah um, I pretty much feel the same way you did I I, uh, I did not like it quite as much this time as I did the first time um, I don't think it's a. I think it's still a better one of the better Godzilla movies. Certainly from a filmmaking perspective, uh, you know, I think it, it's it's probably it's one of the classier Godzilla movies. But I don't know if that's always a good thing. Sometimes I want I want some. I I usually want a pretty heavy dose of schlock and stuff. But I still I enjoy Shin Godzilla. I think it's the closest to the original in terms of the tone, and certainly in terms of the interpretation of Godzilla. Um, minus maybe Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, which is a real title. <laughs> um, that one is as a very evil, nasty Godzilla in it as well. But this one's scary. Um, this Godzilla is unnerving, and it doesn't even feel like Godzilla at times. And I mean that like... It's like it has multiple like phases and stages that are kind of we'll talk about it, but it almost feels like its own beast. They even like refer to it as possibly being able to grow wings at some juncture and like start flying and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, this thing is terrifying. Like <laughs> it's just gross and it's always changing. Um I do think the first 20, 30 minutes <laughs> by the time you get to like the last little chunk of it, I'm ready to like that, okay, I need some Godzilla now. And then it does it again for a while while Godzilla's dormant, uh, kind of in the middle of the movie, where I'm like, "Can we please get Godzilla back now?" Like, I, I, I get it, I get, I get what we're doing here. Yeah. I just need to move on now. I would like to see more laser breath, please. So, uh, yeah, there are definitely, I, and I did not feel that the first time I saw it. So I think this time, those sections with the human characters and the politics and the social commentary which i understand and i think is i do think is is interesting and i do think is elevates this in terms of its what it's trying to accomplish (laughs) above destroy all monsters this is elevated godzilla elevated godzilla (laughs) yes it is it is sure it is 
Um, it's not as elevated as Godzilla versus Hedora, though. You ever yeah. see that bad boy? No. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, everybody was on acid. All the Japanese people were on acid. Oh, so it's elevated in that way. It's not, uh, Indeed. It's... <laughs> but it's also an anti-pollution movie. Ah, okay. You, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of- And there's disco. a lot of disco in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> you need to watch this movie. Anyway, yeah, okay, yeah, moving on. Throw that one on um, the list. Overall, I do really enjoy Shin Godzilla. Is it in my top three or five? No. Does it break the top ten? It very well may. I'd have to really crunch. How many are there again? 28? Okay. 28? I'll look it up. Okay. There's in the 20s. Yeah. But uh, it's worth a watch. It just, it does, I think repeat, repeat viewings do not help it. So. I'm kind of with you there. Okay, so the, let's do the plot real quick. Let's go through the plot real quick. The Japanese Coast Guard boards a small boat in Tokyo Harbor where a scientist has disappeared. The boat rocks with an explosion, a large amount of, like it's like blood or something, right? Loads it into another. There are thirty six movies in the Godzilla <laughs> franchise. <laughs> it like it overflows into an underwater tunnel and causes like a bunch of car accidents. Uh, we then jump to the Japanese government trying to determine what has caused the incident. At first, they're like, "No way, it's not a living thing." But there's a news report on TV that shows like a giant serpentine kind of tail. Uh, we know who this is. They do not. There is quite a bit of back and forth here on what is causing this and how it should be communicated to the public until the prime minister himself decides he needs to make a state statement. So he tells the people there is absolutely no way this creature can make landfall. But guess what, Willie? Oh, he does. <laughs> During the speech. Yeah, I know. It's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I like the bit and it's 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 um totally representative of like the depiction this this film's depiction of authority figures especially older authority figures um where the guy immediately walks in he's like it this thing made a fool of me <laughs> like he's like upset that like godzilla embarrassed him like because he was wrong it's so <laughs> funny not upset that like, countless lives are being lost in this harbor right yeah like he got made fool of so this is the this is where i want to stop it there's this is the discussion point i want to talk about a little bit because in that uh in that 20 seconds there i just i just summed up the first 20 minutes of this movie pretty much and the other thing is too is i was kind of taken aback maybe this time how do i want to put this this is a very a surprisingly conservative nationalistic maybe movie very it's weird because it's it's kind of anti-bureaucracy for sure. And it's anti-big government, I think, at times, too. And anti-kind of the bickering back and forth. And it, it presents that in a lot of ways, like I said, kind of as like a Coen Brothers farce in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, for movie. sure. For sure. And so it's kind of anti-big government, anti-all that stuff. And it's like weirdly pro... Shinzo Abe, who is the prime minister, or was the prime minister until last year from 2012 to 2020, he is he says... Uh, I think that Godzilla's popularity is rooted in the unwavering support that the public has for the self-defense forces, he said to the Washington Post. So, uh, the, um, so, so like that, he loved this movie for that reason because Amazing. it's like very pro uh, defense force. <laughs> yes. Amazing. I mean, they get the job done. Yes. So pretty succinctly too. I was just, I was taken aback by that, but like I mentioned later on, it kind of weirdly like it doesn't backtrack on that. It just kind of says like, yeah, I mean, government's bad, but we just need a better one. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. That, it does lose me a little bit there where, yeah, yeah. 
I think this movie does, and then this movie does do kind of a, a clever thing. Ah, we'll talk about that a little later with how it presents. The, the politicians always feel safe early in the movie. They're in their own mm-hmm. separate area. The music kind of cuts out when they cut to them and like their war rooms and stuff. And on the ground, yeah. it's all chaos. Um, I do love them shuffling from room to room, though. I just want to throw that out there. Right. Like the, 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 all the red tape, the, the bureaucracy in the movie is so funny to me it's and, and funny. it's meant to be funny like they get up and move into different rooms depending on the scenario or the situation five or six different times yeah and there's no like the world is on fire what are you doing like like they're like all right this is not in our, our jurisdiction let's get up and go to this room with this board of people it's so funny it's the best there are yeah and there are things you can read and you watch this today through 2020 2021 eyes and just see people kind of arguing in offices where they are safe while like people are out in the world going yeah. their di- and like, and like dying. It's so, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the creature that emerges from the Bay is he's like a baby Godzilla. It's weird looking. It freaks me out. Baby shit. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like an eel. Uh, kind of, he's, but he's got weird googly eyes. He's got like little arms. He's he's very cute. He's kind of like like you're right. He's got kind of like bulldoggy features. Yeah, <laughs> kind of squiggly. Yeah. Um, he's dragging himself around Tokyo, and he's dumping blood from his gills or its, its gills. It's yeah. so nasty. That that's your first like beyond how weirdly disturbing looking and kind of adorable this thing is. Uh, it starts spewing blood out of its gills, and you're like, this is weird. Like this is not <laughs> the Godzilla that I'm used to. Or comfortable. Yeah, he's like knocking cars around and he's climbing on buildings and stuff. Yeah. Can you imagine if you saw this little guy running around? Uh, yeah. Berkeley? I don't know what you do. Uh, well, I tell you what the government is doing. They're having meetings. <laughs> what are we going to do about this? <laughs> Five, luckily for them, the creature stops suddenly. He collapses in the street, but then he starts to grow and then he mm. starts to morph and now he can stand upright. Finally, it morphs into a new form, and then he kind of like drunkenly stumbles around Tokyo for a little bit. Yeah, he's still kind of a big goof. (laughs) Yeah, he's like a baby deer. Yeah. Um, He's he's a baby Godzilla. So the self-defense force finally shows up to attack it. However, the prime minister calls off when he is alerted there are still citizens in the vicinity. The monster roars, glows red, and destroys a building, and then he heads back to the sea. He leaves the government trying to figure out what the hell is going on. (laughs) Yeah, they're pretty clueless. I mean, I guess you would be, but I, yeah. So this movie is kind of inspired based around the Fukushima disaster in 2011. And real yes. quick, yeah, I want to tell touch, us about the Fukushima. I wanted to touch on that real quick, and then we'll get back into the plot. So in 2011, there was an earthquake that hit 97 kilometers north of the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. The water from the tsunami overwhelmed the seawall and flooded the plant and knocked out power there. There were also explosions and radioactive material that began to leak into the atmosphere and the Pacific, and it caused evacuations. Now, there weren't any immediate deaths um, caused by the power plant, but there were 16 workers were injured. Some were taken to the hospital for high-level radiation exposure. Um, Earlier this year, actually, the UN said there were no adverse health effects due to the radiation, but residents remain wary and many still haven't returned to their homes. There was also an uptick in thyroid cancer in the area, which is kind of similar to what happened with Chernobyl. I was going to say that was pretty... That was like kind of a... That was a similar thing, right? Wasn't that the case with the... um the John Wayne movie that shot in the... Oh, there was a lot of thyroid cancer, I think, related to that, too. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so critics blame the lack of preparedness for the event, saying that both the government and the plant failed to meet safety requirements for the plant itself. The prime minister at the time also said the state deserved blame, and a court ruled that the government should compensate the evacuees. Uh, we t- I talked, to, we just talked a little bit about the thyroid cancer, which is what it's one of the most survivable cancers. I think it's like a ninety-three, ninety-four percent. But still, it's still something you have to deal with. It's something, yeah, it's something a person has to deal with. There's uh, effects that go psychologically with that. It, there's effects economically with that, with money. Um, there's also the relocation aspect the kind of uprooting people from their homes and there was also a a 2011 study which said the lack of precautions and the delayed response in relaying the information to the public also made things worse and on top of that the environmental cleanup the waste leaking in the atmosphere the sea the food chain um psychological effects disaster like this and the thing that everybody has in the back of their mind with which is chernobyl um and the general anxiety and the psychological consequences that go along with crises like this we're seeing it the fallout now yeah with covid um yep. and it's manifests itself in a lot of different ways so that is kind of that's what a lot of this movie deals with, particularly in the first half. Is kind of that delayed response to something that because it's a lot of bickering back and forth and coming up with like what it should be named or stuff like that. Yeah, and it's funny because like you you recognize that there is a reason for the bureaucracy and a reason for all the red tape you have to cut through to make a decision or get something done. I get it, and and I think that we all understand it. Hopefully, to a certain extent. But um, there are times when you just, I guess, like a giant monster breathing fire and stomping all over buildings where you have to like, that kind of stuff is so frustrating. And it's like, um, you kind of want, you almost want your your leaders, the people in positions of power to like throw out the rule book a little bit and like handle it. Like make a decision, please. You know, there are times when, 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 yeah when the bureaucracy is needed in most cases it's important and it's good to have but every once in a while you just got to make a decision and, and well they talk a little bit about the lack of regulation at the power plant and that yeah. regulation is needed but you're right it's, it is kind of like a hey make the call we'll bitch about it later like we'll complain about it later because there are people in the streets yep uh getting killed by this really adorable yeah cute little <laughs> blood spewing yes, he, he's spewing blood he's ruining my clothes yeah but he's really cute <laughs> it's really cute but it is like it's easy for you guys to sit up there and make yeah. these decisions while you're completely safe in um, your towers, but, but like or I gotta bunkers. go to work. Like I gotta go to the stock exchange. The stock exchange is still open in there. I gotta go to work later, and I got Godzilla running around town. <laughs> my car is, my engine's flooded in Godzilla blood. Like, what are we doing? Um, so the committees are formed. They call on the U.S. government to help. Big mistake, fellas. Oh uh, man, that. That's some fun stuff right there. Because uh, we're just going to try and nuke it. But anyway, they speculate that it's the energy coming from the nuclear fission uh, because of trace amounts of radiation found on its tail. They also decide that the reason it went back to the sea is an attempt to cool down because he's overheating. They also figure out that it's the ge- the genome has eight times the DNA as humans, which is why it can self-mutate at this point. We also get a quick bit about a missing scientist re- research, which kind of... Um, explains why he's dubbed Godzilla by the American military. This is a big like Godzilla origin info dump, basically this section of the movie. And this is one of the, yeah, it gets to be a bit much for me. This is where I started. One of the, one of the, one of the bits in the movie where I go, all right, can you explain the scientist stuff to me? No. Okay. I no. I never um, grasped that. <laughs> I, I no, I can't. I, I don't fully understand. I, I do I do know that the, yeah, obviously the U.S. is involved in the creation of the creature, or they're partially responsible for it. 
but and that the one of the reasons why they are you know trying to uh literally go nuclear is to like cover up their own involvement in like right which is really really like that's one of the moment in the movie where I was like, oh shit, like they that totally would happen too. Like right. I'm sorry, but it would. Um, like, this is 100 percent accurate. Um, but yeah, I I didn't fully. I I for all that Godzilla origin we get into in this, I don't necessarily have a full understanding of what happened and who was involved in what aspect of it. I just know that man screwed up again, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And the U.S. involvement is a lot of yes. Um, we're we're kind of the bully here in a lot of ways kind of the overbearing bully telling them what to do and basically later on we'll be like hey get this taken care of we're gonna drop drop a bomb (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. fix this which is our thing which is what yeah Yeah. it's probably one of the more believable aspects of the movie so it might be i had a couple questions for you real quick Mm, yes this is a fully cg godzilla correct yeah so i was i'm confused by this because uh apparently i was wrong i thought i mean there's obvious cg in the movie no question i thought that a lot of it was a guy in a suit a lot of the shots of just Those kind of later him, shots where he's big and in the city i thought it was a guy in a suit apparently they make it look very much man in suit I thought, and that—that's why I assumed it was a guy in a suit because I'm like, okay, they're going old school, and and that this is a nice way to differentiate themselves from what the U.S. Godzilla was doing um, with the full CG creature. But this is all CG. Yeah. So they purposefully made the CG look like a guy in a suit, right? Um, which is an interesting choice. Yeah. You know, um, honestly, at this point, it's probably cheaper somehow to do CG than it is to have a guy in a suit. Um, so they. Probably the, saved sh- the shot of him, though, too, that you're, I think you're talking about where it, it is kind of a classic Godzilla shot of him stomping through Tokyo yeah. from, and you can see all the buildings and stuff. It and looks like a wide. dude in a suit. And it, it, it's, it's one of my favorite shots in the movie, And I, but it's probably just that connection, too. And it, that has to be why they made sure to design those sections like that, because for as familiar as we are with the image of Godzilla being a guy in a suit stomping around and crushing toy buildings... Godzilla is that much more ingrained in Japanese culture and pop culture. Right. So like that, that I think to lose that or to make him Godzilla more agile and uh I don't know, more reptilian would be a lot like the 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 American Godzilla either either iteration. So I can see why they did that. Um what do you think of his kind of abilities here? It's insane. Okay, it, and this is kind of part of making him scary again. It's, it's insane. kind of like updating him, right? Because correct uh, he doesn't have these abilities in some of the, No, okay. No, he's got the so like the fire breath thing obviously is a Godzilla thing, although it's usually like a blue uh, whatever. He can breathe fire. He could in the original too, but in this one he's like his jaw unhinges like one of those guys from Blade Two, yeah. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, and then like he shoots a like a like concentrated like laser beam out of it, right? Um, and then he has that bit where his like his uh, tail spikes and stuff like fire beams up. I mean, it's it's some crazy shit. Like his tail's got like a like a lightsaber attached to the end of it. Essentially, yeah, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, what? That's not a Godzilla thing, you know? Like, but I think that's what's cool is this. This is what what I was saying earlier is like, this almost feels like 
a Godzilla, like a villain that Godzilla would fight in one of those other movies where Godzilla is the good guy, right? But this yes. time around, it is Godzilla. This is the version that you're going to get. I'd watch the hell out of a Godzilla, Shin Godzilla versus Godzilla movie where it was like, like classic, like hero Godzilla versus this monstrosity. I would, yeah, I would love it. He's terrifying. <laughs> Any final thoughts here on kind of the, the Godzilla in this movie? I guess the, the look in the CG maybe overall in this movie. I think the CG is mostly pretty good. I mean, it's not, you know. The trains suck. I have that note in here. The trains look terrible. <laughs> when they trains hit them, they look ridiculous. Trains and like helicopters never look really good either. No, they don't. Yeah. They I, don't. I'm specifically thinking of the helicopters at the end of Spider-Man 2. So bad. <laughs> oh, God. Um... No, he looks cool. The design's cool. They're, they're, they're going for scary. The eyes are weird and unnerving and terrifying. The red under... Like, he's not even green, which is what you think of when you think of guys like shades of green or gray. He's, like, black. And he's got this, like, sinewy, like, muscly... Almost looks like gashes red underneath sections of his, his uh, skin. Right. It almost looks like lava sometimes too, where he looks molten. It's real. It's a cool design. It's a, a unique Godzilla design. That's a similar design to Godzilla versus Destroyer, right? Like when he's of, melting down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a cl- that, that that is the closest. I think you're right that we get to that in the older movies. Um, it's a cool design, and it, it does a great job. I think of separating this version from, like we talked about before. The other maybe more heroic versions or classic versions of Godzilla. It's a it's a cool design, very cool. I want to see it used again. I'd love to see it used again. All right, so back to the movie. We uh, so Godzilla, he's back from the sea now, and yep. he's like he's big, he's bulky. He's been lift. He's been down on the sea floor. He's been ocean floor. He's been lifted. What do you think Godzilla lifts uh, to? Do you think what he listens to when he's like down there getting his pump on? Uh, well, it's got to be his own song. He's kind of a douche, Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> I was going to say, or the Godzilla, the American Godzilla 1998 soundtrack with uh, P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Jimmy Page. Come with me. Yeah. Or. I'll fucking bite you. Can't stand it. It's good stuff. (laughs) Or the Surge Tonkian, Tonkanian, I don't know how to pronounce, uh, from System of a Down. I like that version. It's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it rules. Maybe he's listening to that. I don't know. This Godzilla's a dick. He's probably listening to Cannibal Corpse. This Godzilla, this Godzilla. Oh, this Godzilla here? Oh, yeah. This. Yeah, he don't play. Yeah. He's listening to, like, uh, Devourment. (laughs) Like Like some real. straight up death metal. Straight, I mean, just like grindcore. (laughs) Just as dark as it gets. Like, yeah. Like, songs about baby eating and stuff. You know, like, he's getting real. Because this is a mean Godzilla. Right. Yeah. That's what he listens to when he pumps. So he's back. He's wreaking havoc in Tokyo again. The prime minister finally says he's, he's like, we got to hit it with everything we got. Yeah. Um, Which they, they always do in these they, movies. Yep. And guess what? It doesn't matter because uh, this is where the U.S. government steps in and they start dropping bonds on him too. These work a little better. I just want to say we kind of we kind of drew the first blood here. When we it's true. Through. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I just want to give us some credit. Yeah. We did uh, something. <laughs> uh, we get him to bleed. But it also pisses Godzilla off more, which is probably an issue. This is kind of like when a fighter sees his own blood in like a UFC fight, and he's just like, ah. What's the line? Or ben, she. What's the Ben Stiller line from, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> yeah, that. 
uh, Godzilla's spine glows and it starts vomiting purple and black and he hits his fire breath button and he lights up part of the city. And yeah, he does. <laughs> he takes out the bomber that hit it and the U.S. government is shocked. Can't believe it. The Japanese and U.S. armies, get, they get their asses kicked here. Um, the city is up in flames. This is the first time he busts out the lasers, yes? I think so, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now Godzilla, he's tired here, so he just kind of freezes in place like a statue. <laughs> so... <laughs> This is okay. So this is where it'll, I want to talk about a little bit about. But yeah, say what you're going to say because I'll talk. We'll stop here because I want to talk about a little bit about the 1954 Godzilla too and the, kind well, of the callbacks uh, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a couple things real quick. So one, I love Godzilla because like when he when he gets tired, he just stops. Right. Um, I like American Godzilla a little bit more for this, just because like I like how he just falls over. That's funnier to me because he's like. He's, Fuck it, I'm napping. <laughs> you just kind of like I've done that before. It is, it is the very American version it's, of Godzilla. He's just like, hey, I got a nap in here. <laughs> it's incredible. It's kind of chunky. Yes, the Japanese Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, is very Bushido. He's very, um, he just kind of stands there quietly and waits for his moment <laughs> to strike again. But yeah, American Godzilla is like. Fuck. <laughs> Anyway, um, it's more yeah. The Japanese got a little more zen-like, and the American zen-like, one is yes. more just on a bender. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's very indicative of the uh, the the countries of origin. Um, the other thing I want to mention before you get into that is this is where we hit my kind of my boredom point a little bit with the movie. I, we're about to get it, yeah. The first twenty thirty, like they they are slow moving, but I'm kind of I kind of give Godzilla movies that because they tend to do that for better or worse. The middle section here, I we don't have Godzilla fighting another monster in this movie at all. Um, I don't know. I just don't have enough excitement going on to keep me. You know what I mean, right? So anyway, so th- we do we get some fun nods to the original. We get a little bit of the score here. This is also kind of where they work in more of the those references to the Fukushima disaster and the reactor because uh, I think oh I wish I, I should have wrote down where I got this from but someone says um, this is from an article too it says it's standing in it's standing like a giant statue in the middle of a destroyed sh- city a parallel a parallel to the destroyed remains of the Fukushima reactor mm. which is standing there and can't be removed so it's always so Godzilla is kind of there much like the reactor as kind of a constant reminder of that threat of kind of the the nuclear activity and the threat of disaster that kind of goes along with it and of course at the end of the movie which we'll get to once again we wound up we wind up with an actual literal frozen Godzilla that looks like an like a like a, a stone statue right standing there as a reminder it's it, so that's cool it's interesting and then i think that that because we're maybe not as familiar with with uh like the fukushima disaster like i i'd heard of it beforehand but I, i'm not as like intimately familiar with it because it's something that affected it sounds horrible but somebody else right so you're just not as familiar with it um i can now see the context of that and i go okay that's cool that's a neat neat bit of imagery you know what i mean right yeah all right, let's get to the end here. Let's do it. Let's rush to the finish. Uh, Godzilla is winning big time, um, so we've got to figure out a way to stop it. It's frozen because it's replenishing its nuclear power, and it has been depleted, so we've got to study it. So that's what we do. We discover that Godzilla's got some cool powers. He's got a built-in radar system. Its blood is a coolant. Its severed body parts can grow into new Godzillas. It's insane, dude. <laughs> this thing is just like a horror. Like This is a horror movie wrapped up in one package. It's- <laughs> terrifying the u.s government finds this out and the woman there who 
I'm sorry, but she's not good in this movie. Like the U.S. kind of the woman who wants to be president, she's just completely miscast in my opinion. Oh yeah, she's not. No, she's no. I mean, like she. I I I think her performance is maybe fine. I right. don't really know. It's weird. She she's a Japanese actress playing. Is she even playing a Japanese American? I don't. Yeah, I think so. And I can't she's supposed figure to be kind out. of a diplomat. I okay. think kind of like an envoy between yeah. the two. Okay. It's very strange. And the U.S. side of things just kind of floats in and out. And is the person on the plane with her supposed to be the president? I think so. <laughs> so I do love that because it's just they cast just random old white man. <laughs> it's the best. It's accurate. Um, <laughs> but it's so funny too because we and her, we just the U.S. and her just kind of float in and out of the movie at random times, and we. She- <laughs> she's kind of scolding too she's um she that actress is probably best known for the attack on titan okay movies okay yeah so for she she and the rest of us over here in the states we get impatient because we're like hey man this could this could get to california let's go soon. Let's yeah, get to yeah the west yeah. coast and we're like you got two weeks guys and then we're we're no nuking tokyo because that's our answer <laughs> uh luckily the scientists they formulate the yoshihiri is it the yoshiari strategy Yoshiori, yep. which involves creating a blood coagulant to cool godzilla and freeze him so they do that but barely and they've got to hurry barely though they got like no material barely you know yes. it's, it's rough so they attack godzilla they get him down they knock some skyscrapers on top of him and they pin him to the ground this is a pretty solid plan i gotta say yes Shin Godzilla is a scary son of a gun, and, and even like the pantheon of Godzillas, he's up there in terms of like like not to be messed with, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not even fighting another monster like some of those Godzillas were. Like he's just fighting dudes, mm-hmm. like guys, people, us, and uh, we don't have any sort of like super laser weapons or anything. We've got pretty standard like like weapons we have today to fight him. This is a solid plan. They freeze the guy. He's getting sleepy. They're hitting him with with uh, trains, trains and shit. They're knocking buildings down. Like this is a this is a solid plan. They 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 take care of business. It fails the first time, but so they send more trains at Godzilla, and then they <laughs> that kind of works. So they pump the full amount of the coagulant into Godzilla's mouth, which does the trick, and it just kind of freezes him in the middle of Tokyo. This is not the most. This is another issue I have with the movie. I, I will say. What, I, what's that? I, this is another issue I have. The, okay. Another issue I have with the movie. I always prefer naturally prefer Godzilla versus another monster because it's another monster. Like it's it's more bang for your buck. However, in solo Godzilla movies, I think you really can do cool Godzilla versus military fights as like the big finale. This doesn't really have much of that to me. Mm-hmm. It never. It's not a fight. It's just them beating up on Godzilla a bunch and sticking silly straws in his mouth until he gets chilly and stops moving. I like. There's not much of a. It's not a very fun, action-packed finale, I guess. It's kind of just like the plan is executed and it works, and that's about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so we're at the very end now. America tells Japan that the nuke strike is paused, but if Godzilla wakes up, like we're, it's unpaused. Yeah, I think she even says, like, like, like if Godzilla wakes up again, they're doing it immediately. <laughs> like, there's no, like, warning anymore or anything. So Japan must be rebuilt and must be better. And then the final shot is of Godzilla's frozen tail and a bunch of frozen humanoid creatures, like in the process of emerging. Which Where's like, my sequel? Like that's setting up a sequel of like humanoid Godzillas, dude. Right? Like like human sized Godzillas. That sequel would rule. Like make the second movie not even about like have, keep Godzilla frozen the whole time. Make the second movie about like terrifying like human Godzilla hybrid things that are like trying to wreak havoc in Tokyo that rules yeah I want to see that movie 
Anyway, um, a couple of bits about the end because I, I talked a little bit, but there is kind of a, um, a little bit of references to the kind of relationship with the, between the U.S. and Japan since World War II, and kind of how the U.S. has kind of played like, kind of like the overbearing kind of yeah yeah um, always over looking over the shoulder. There's a funny bit between the two, and at some point he says something to the effect of like like we must hold ourselves accountable in the government and for some reason i took it as like the u.s lady looked at him like yeah you might not i'm in the u.s okay. government <laughs> you should have gave him the jerk off motion like, yeah buddy <laughs> nice <laughs> so, try dummy good for you <laughs> um, um so that made me laugh and then, so sad but so true <laughs> and then, um that it, but then this is where it kind of i don't have a problem with like any of the movie like the the movie, like the nationalism, anything like that. I do have a problem though when a movie tries to give me an answer for the problem, and the answer, like I said, is as simplistic as like do better, do better, or uh, the younger people, the younger generation will fix this. We'll let them figure it out. <laughs> yes. So because that seems to be where the movie ends up, which is just like we must rebuild Japan to be even better. Like, oh wow, how do we do that? Deep stuff, guys. Um, so that those were just um, this. This was rumored to only cost ten million dollars. If that's true, that's very impressive. Yes, um, it was a major hit in Japan. Um, it surpassed the hundred and sixty million dollar Hollywood remake in two thousand fourteen in terms of the box office. That's I didn't. I don't have exact numbers here. I should have mm. looked them up. But um, yeah, we still haven't gotten a sequel. Any reasons to that? You think was it more? Is it political reasons? Is it kind of like contractual licensing? I don't think so. I mean, I you know, because it was a hit. And I know it's it was pretty weird. well received over here, from what I can gather. Too, I think it was. Yep, I think a lot of folks that did not like the 2014 Godzilla movie here, I think, liked this even more because it was a bit of more of a a return to form, I guess, in some ways. Um, it's strange. I don't know. Yeah, I know that Toho moved forward with a trilogy of animated Godzilla. Have films. you watched those? I have not. Okay. I I should. I and I I do want to. I have not watched them. Um. No, I saw the first one. It was okay. I just. I'm not big on anime. Okay. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So it takes me. I don't know. It's hard for me to 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 get into it. Um. They looked interesting, but I don't know what's going on with Toho with with Godzilla. Godzilla's in a weird spot right now in general because I think the contract with Toho is over for Legendary. Okay. I don't think any of those... I don't think 2014 did crazy numbers, enough to warrant a sequel, certainly. Uh, I know that King of the Monsters did not perform well, and I don't think Godzilla vs. Kong performed... I think Mm -hmm. it did better than... King of the Monsters, but it also it was, it was weird. Like that one was one of the weirder ones in terms of release because that was like the first HBO Max yeah release then too. So I I'm curious to see the box office. The thing is though, the thing is with the HBO Max releases yeah is as we've gotten, but I don't know. It's also it was also released at a different time in the year. It was also a few months back. The thing is as we've as we see the box office for stuff like Venom and Halloween Kills, yep. you start to realize. Maybe some of those movies were just going to underwhelm, like The Suicide Squad, and maybe a little bit of Godzilla vs. Kong. Maybe they were just going to underwhelm anyway at the box. I think that both of those movies were going to. Right. And I think there's a lot of factors involved in that. Right. You know, I I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think that um, 
I don't know why at this point Legendary would pay Toho to license Godzilla anymore because it just doesn't seem to be. It seems like this current one to me too has kind of run its course now. That they're going to got... be making Kong movies, if anything, and that's fine. Um, so I guess Toho would. I really making... loved Godzilla vs Kong though too. So. I had a ton of fun with it. Yeah, I, I thought it was, was really. I thought it was might be the best of the three because it just doesn't. It's my favorite of the three. Um, it's my favorite of those ones. Godzilla ones. Honestly, it might be my favorite of the four. I really like Skull Island, though. Yes. Yeah. I I, I have I like Godzilla twenty fourteen though. I will stand by that movie. I think yeah. it's really good. Um. I don't. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, we'll see. I think Toho will make the next movie. I wonder what it'll be. I don't think it'll be related to Shin Godzilla. I think it's been too long at this point. I think that they're going to move on to a new iteration. The the you Millennium be- series of Godzilla films has no uh-huh. chronology, so. There's no, in the previous, the original era of Godzilla films was the Showa era, and then the Heisei era was the second era of films. Those both have a chronology, so those both follow some sort of plot line, right? The Millennium series never did. Each movie was its own story, kind okay. of, for the most part, compact story. And they've continued that through this this current era of Godzilla films. I think it's the Reiwa era, um, which is uh, basically just Shin Godzilla Um <laughs> And I guess the three animated movies, which form a story, but I almost keep those in their own, their own separate category. I don't know. I think it's going to be its own new thing. Yeah. So, what do you want to see in the next Japanese Godzilla um, movie? I would like to see. I, I I want to see something similar to Shin Godzilla in terms of the filmmaking approach. I, I want to see something that harkens back to the days of of the guy in the suit. Okay. And uh, you know, has fun with some of the the human characters and the folly of man um, and the folly of government. I'm cool with all that. Um, but I would like to see Godzilla fight another monster, a cool Japanese designed monster. So you want to see Godzilla maybe back to being not, maybe not the good guy, but kind of fight other monsters. I want right. to see, I want, we haven't had a, a, a Japanese designed Godzilla monster that wasn't Godzilla. Ooh, now that's another question. I have, but continue Sorry. in, in since well, final wars, I guess. Um, and even then there was really only one monster that was designed for the film. So I would like to see him fight more monsters and, uh, get back to what made, like, I think the Heisei era so much fun was kind of an overarching story that kept going through the movies while continuing. I, I just, I think the, I don't know. So do you want to see Godzilla fight an updated version of an existing monster that has already, already been, or do you want to see a brand new one? I want to see an original monster okay. first. I want to see an original... I want to do it like Batman Begins, right? <laughs> Sounds silly, I know. But the Batman Begins approach, I think, was always very smart. I should watch Because you have again. to... What's that? I need to watch that movie again. Great movie, yeah. You have to win over your audience again to earn their trust back, right? Not that they've done anything. I think certainly they don't need to do that with Shin Godzilla or the American Godzilla films. But it's been a long time since we've had a, con- a consistent Godzilla series of films. So I, you need to get your audience back with a fresh... Godzilla fights something fresh. Maybe something and like a Pattinson, new. what Pattinson Batman might Exactly. Be. Yeah. And exciting and kind of. And then you do what Begins did, and at the end, then you hint at something established, like the right. Joker. Then you hint at the big thing. So you haven't fight a new monster, a cool new design Japanese monster. But isn't this what Godzilla 2014 kind of did with the Mutos? Kind of. Yeah. But they didn't tease any of the other monsters in Godzilla 2014. Oh, I guess they. Was that the King Kong tease? Kong. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're right, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
if they had done that at the end of that, I think that would have been the same approach. Yeah, for sure. Right. But I think you establish, reestablish Godzilla first, but have him fight a cool foe, something that's interesting and different. And I mean, I, I mean, look at the design of Shin Godzilla from only five years ago. Like the, these, these amazing people at Toho, these amazing designer, creature designers can come up with an awesome Godzilla foe. So let them do it. Please yeah. do it. Go nuts. Make something cool and crazy. And then if you want to in a sequel, if the first one does well, which it probably would, then you can reintroduce some of the, the, the classic rogues gallery. Bring back Gigan. I want to see Gigan again. Gigan rules. Uh, is, you know. he a, is Gigan at the top of your list of ones you want to see back? Yeah, I do, because we haven't seen Gigan in forever. Gigan, see, I don't want to go right to Ghidorah or Mothra or Rodan. I want to, let's go with some of the guys that we haven't seen in, in years. Let's see some, some updates on some characters that we haven't seen. Gigan's up there for me. Um, I'd love to see a new uh, Destroya. Uh, I'd love to see a new, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Anguirus. Um, all those, those classic monsters that we haven't seen reintroduced yet. Um, yeah, let's do that. I'm down. I think, I've, I think that's I've, all the questions I've got for you right now. That's what I'm here for. Do you know what Gojo thinks of this? Gojo, our resident Godzilla expert, is he a Shin Godzilla fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he is. Him. We watched it together for the first time. I think. I, I think. Uh, I want to say. I had seen it. I think. No, wait, no. We watched it together for the first for for the first time. Him and I. Okay. He bought a copy, and him and I watched it. Sat down, and watched it. Yeah, he's a fan. Yeah. Okay. He's a big Godzilla fan now. He's he's yes. surpassed me. Yes, that's yeah. Um, he's grown past me at this point, which is I amazing. Cur- I was awesome. curious. I I figured because we were texting a little bit yesterday. I figured he kind of liked this one, but I was I was curious what he thought of it. So okay. Yeah, Very he had cool. certainly seen of and heard of Godzilla, as had most people. Have most people, but I think I I and I could be wrong, and he can correct me if I'm wrong. I think I kind of introduced him to like watching a bunch of them. Like watching, like the let's watch a few of them in a row, and I think like he's like, oh, like, these are kind of fun, and then he went, he's like, man, he knows it all. Yeah, it's amazing. He's also a Bond expert now. Um, he any, is now. Yes. <laughs> any final thoughts on Shin Godzilla? No, nah, it's, it's it's a cool movie. I was gonna say it's a ton of fun. It's not a ton of fun actually. Um, it is cool to see Shin Godzilla cut loose, even if he is terrifying. No, it's a cool movie. It is kind of bogged down by trying to like vomit its message on you too much a couple different sections of the movie um but overall it's it's a worthy entry into the godzilla franchise and i think it's different enough to where i think it stands out in in a in a film series of 36 movies supposedly it is different Um, enough yeah it's different enough to warrant kind of a special place so how about you I talked a little bit. I liked it a little bit less, but I don't want to come across as too negative yeah. on it. I'm with you. I think, I think part of it is like the first time I got caught up in that first twenty. But it's me too. It, it is very funny, but it also repeats itself a lot. And on a second viewing, that's where it kind of lost a little bit for me. I agree. If I yeah. Think if I were ever watching again, I might just skip forward to certain parts of. It. I agree. I do. <laughs> yes. I do. Um, so I think it loses a little bit on repeat viewings. Is what I'm trying to say here. But if you haven't seen it and it might be your first time, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Um, especially maybe if you're not a Godzilla like expert or fan. I think this is a kind of a good movie to watch as because yeah. it's not beholden to a ton of continuity. So I think this would be a good movie to kind of start with and kick off Godzilla. 
I agree. Viewing with, and it's a little bit more modern, and it's and it's filmmaking and it's approach to things. So I I like it. I don't love it, and I kind of thought I was going to love it on a rewatch. Yeah. But yeah, there is some stuff. It is a little bit repetitive, holding it back a bit. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, Willie, where can people reach out to us? Yeah, uh, horrormoviegearbook at gmail.com. Send us an email. Uh, tell us what you think about the show. Give us ideas for full, like new episodes. Uh, uh, let us know what you think of Godzilla uh, as a character, as a film series. I don't know. Or not Godzilla. Whatever you want to do. Um, we're also on Twitter at HM Yearbook. We're on Facebook and Instagram. If you look up Horror Movie Yearbook on there, you'll find us. Yeah, send us feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Very cool. Uh, and I just want to say one last time. So, oh, okay. Let's, um, real quick, mm. um, patreon.com backslash Midwest pod yes. for our Patreon should plug that. I also want to say, yes. So we'll have a tiny terror coming out very soon on that Patreon. Actually the same day as you hear this. Yeah. It's a fun episode. I thought. Fun yeah, episode. yeah. It's actually not a tiny terror. It's pretty much another full length episode, but we talk about what we've been watching. We talk a little bit about squid game, midnight masses in there. Some we also scream talk. Yeah. We also throw down our bets for scream five. Who's We're predicting doing? killers. <laughs> Also this weekend, uh, there will be, so there's a new honor roll I did that covers VHS 94, Escape Room Tournament of Champions, also a movie called Karen, which is about a Karen, uh, played by Taryn Manning, (laughs) that is, oh no, it is, oh boy, do not watch this one. (laughs) Also very funny. And then the new movie up called Seance by uh, Simon Barrett, I think... So that'll be on the uh, that'll be on the main feed. It's on our Patreon now, so you can check that out. So, um, and the only other thing I wanted to mention is we are going to be talking. I think Halloween Kills next time. Yes, yeah. Yes. Tune in for that. That'll be fun. Uh, we don't do like super current in the now movies very often. Right. I think when we do, it's got to be something very special. I would count this as something special, for better or worse. We'll mm-hmm. see. Um, but, I think uh, we've yeah. we've also like anytime there's a new Halloween movie coming out, anytime one of those like big like classic franchises comes out with a new we movie, kinda, it's kind of like to drop everything and we're gonna. I mean, uh, I if mean, they, th- if they announce a new Friday the Thirteenth movie at any point, I'm calling you and we're doing like an emergency podcast to like discuss. Yes, we're, it's like, gonna be a summit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and they could announce it and have nothing announced about it, and we yeah. would still do it. Yes. No, we would because uh, that's that's very special to us. No, look for look for Tim and I to um, to uh, self immolate or something when when, when, when Friday Thirteenth. Oh, this yeah, will just turn into spontaneously a, combust. This will turn into a weekly podcast covering any bit of news we any find. Any tidbit of news. Yeah. Um, yeah, that will happen. Uh, but no, like I could see us doing things like uh, I would not be shocked for us to cover. Scream, for instance, when it yeah, comes out, I can do see us doing we an episode. We talked on that. about doing a Resident Evil. I think. I'm, I'm thinking maybe that too. I guess we're have to figure part out that my depends schedule. on how good the movie is. Yeah. I'll be honest. Like, we'll see. My schedule is going to be weird, and we'll talk about that down the road. But in November, I'm going to be a little bit weird, so we're going to have to figure that out. But anyway. Oh gosh, do I have, to have a guest on? <laughs> if you want, yeah. I don't know. No, I'm not doing it without <laughs> you. Uh, this is this is ride or die, baby. This ain't the that ain't the way it works. No, we'll do it remotely. Okay, we'll figure it out. You're my ride or die. Oh, I might not even be able to do it remotely. Oh, then I might have a guest on. Um, Then Nikki might jump in for you. Um, We'll we'll discuss. Yeah, we'll We'll figure it out. Anyway. Uh, Halloween Kills next time. And once again, yeah, thank you everybody that has listened or is listening or uh, maybe who would give it up listening and is listening again right now. Yeah. This hour and a half episode on Shin Godzilla. Seriously, though, thank you for all, for everything, really. For your support. For sure. All right. We'll see you next time. 